Good to see you out this evening. Glad that you can come and be a part and join us in encouraging each other in prayer tonight. Um, I was thinking about the, um, the topic of our work and what we do that uh, went along with our sermon message this Sunday. And so today I wanted to read a verse from Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 and just go from there. Galatians 6, verse 10. Verse 9 and 10 of Galatians 6. It says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We were talking in Exodus about the work that God had called the people to do, and we got to that passage in verse in chapters 36 to 39. They had they had done the work. They had all they had divided those tasks out and they had accomplished it all. Um, and so today I'm thinking about the work or the effort uh, that we put forth uh, that we put forth in our walk with Christ. We encourage in this passage to take opportunity to do good to others. Take opportunity to do good to others. And it says this, especially to those who are the household of faith. I wonder why it would say it and, 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 and have us think that way. I think one reason is we think in terms of witnessing and being a testimony before others who don't know Christ. And so we are sometimes especially careful how others perceive us. And we want to especially do good to those in the world so that they might hear the gospel and respond to it. But sometimes um, we, we almost go to the extreme there and don't always give enough care to how we minister to each other and how we provide and care for each other. And so in this passage it says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith, especially to those who are believers. And so today I just wanted to um, take some time out and thank God for those here in this work and in this ministry who oftentimes go out of their way to do things and to do things for others. Um, I think Lawrence, Lawrence, are you back there? So I can talk about him since he's not here. <laughs> I want to thank the Lord for Lawrence. And, and this week he did a, a special ministry. Um, 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 my, my mom's... Um, TV went out completely. And uh, so Donna asked if Lawrence could take a look at it. And right away, he, he went over there and spent time looking at it, found out what the problem was, fixed it, and, and, and there it is all, all fixed. And, and this, is, um, this is something that he didn't know he was going to be asked to do, um, but he did it gladly. And, and did such a good job. And I just, I thank God for uh, that kind of service heart that he has. I'm sure he has a lot of things on his plate, 
Um, but he took time out to, to do that, and it was a, it was a special thing. Um, we were leaving for from church on Sunday, and one of the men from the rescue mission had kind of stayed around to talk, and he, he missed his ride back to, to, to back to the rescue mission. And uh, without saying anything or asking anything, uh, Chris just volunteered to, to give him a ride back. He just kind of waved him over to his car and said, you know, just, just come on over here. I'll give you a ride. And uh, I appreciate that kind of um, um, just he didn't know he'd be asked to do that. It wasn't really asked. It just kind of happened to him. But he willingly volunteered and, and, and rendered himself. Uh, for that service. Um, we got emails. We often do. I thank God for, for Heidi who sends emails out to, to kind of get us together and pointed in the right direction. And she listed on there kind of the setup for um, this, this Sunday for our breakfast. And so I wanted to thank the Lord for those who are serving in some kind of capacity there uh, for breakfast. We have a group that's going to be doing setup and cleanup um, various tasks, which in includes Janice, Brenda, Marge, Charmon, Heidi, Joyce, and Willa. What you're going to notice in this list is some people are going to be named twice. And um, most of those that are named um, are right here. <laughs> a small group, you know what, what we call it? That 20%, 80% rule, you know how that goes? 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That just tends to be true. Um, but God does not neglect them in, in their doing well. Um, and so the, the verse that we're remembering, it says, let us, not grow weary, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who have the household of faith. So these are some of the volunteers. We had other volunteers for breakfast for the food portion, which includes Willie, Willa, Jackie, Savannah, Katrina, Charmone, Chantel, uh, Melissa, Brenda, Janice, Patty, Donna, Scott, Trinace, Joyce, Heidi, Chris, Jack, <coughs> Jackie, Lawrence, and Marge. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, so these have volunteered to bring different items for, for food, for, for breakfast, for Sunday. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you to, to those. It's like I, I named almost everybody that's right here <laughs> in some way. Um, some of those on that list aren't even members yet, not officially, but uh, they've already volunteered. They've already um, gotten busy doing some things, and so praise God for that. Now, there are other things that are being done that I don't, didn't note this time or may not always note, but I just want to say thank you to those who serve others and volunteer um, in just various capacities. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed, and, and God sees all that you do. He wants to encourage you to continue doing well, and that that has a um, that 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 has a, a use. It is it is something that that needs to be done, and it's something that others will benefit from, and it's something that you do 
willingly. That's one of the things that we saw from Exodus is that the people willingly gave of themselves to do those things and they got those things accomplished because the Lord had laid on their heart a willing heart to contribute, to work, to do. So I just want to say thank you for, for those things that you do. Mm-hmm. Customized tiny tot capes. Did you see them? You'll see them on Sunday. They wear them proudly, too. That means a lot to them. Too. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> it's going to be fun to see it all come together, isn't it? And, and that's what happens is that you have contributions from everybody or or just in general from the body of Christ. And it's those contributions that are, are needed, the contribution of, of the extra effort that they go through. Uh, and that's what's needed to make things work, and, and it's something that's been willingly done. Before I sit down, I want to uh, mention to you that um, our annual business meeting that's coming up, we will be making a proposal to change our constitution and I have copies for each member uh, to have one. So what I'm going to do is give copies to our leadership team and um, have you see one of them to get your copy so that you can be informed about the proposal that we're making. I'm meditating through the book of Hebrews. It's been a blessing to me to go through this book. We know the book of Hebrews is about three things. It's about three ages. It's about the age in the past. It's about this church age that we live in. And it's about the age to come. It's about Jesus Christ, who he is, what he does, what his purpose and ministry is. And then it is most importantly about the fact that we ought to have faith because we need to understand that the prophets of the previous age spoke about this Jesus. They are not greater than him. They spoke of him as greater than them. And in this current age, we are empowered by this Jesus. We speak about who brought about this great church age where we have the Holy Spirit in us. And we look forward to the age to come where those who have faith in Jesus escape the wrath to come. He says in Hebrews 4, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. 
So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Since we have this great high priest. Now, it's not said in exactly these terms, but we do have three ages mentioned here. We got the age where there used to be high priest is reference. And we have the age where Jesus offered himself. And why does he offer himself? He offers himself so it says that those who obey him he became a source of eternal salvation and how will we know we have truly received eternal salvation well one is in this current church age we have the Holy Spirit but in the age to come we will be with him but I think the second most important part of this passage just like the second most important part of this book is the ministry of Jesus it says he's a high priest the role of the high priest was to stand in the gap between God and men the reason that I think Moses spent so many chapters detailing how they made the Ark of the Covenant you know we went through four chapters on Sunday morning and if you really want to get technical with it you look at the book of Leviticus and a lot of us skim through that book, but most of what we skim through are how they prescribe worship and sacrifice and the law. And all of these things, the priest was not only to administer, but he was to be the expert of. And then you go through sections of Numbers, and then you go through Deuteronomy, he keeps going over this stuff over and over and over. And what you get from that is this, God does not expect to be worshipped the way you want to. It is very interesting when you go through the Old Testament and when you look at it, there's some lessons there that are implied. When Adam and Eve tried to sow themselves with leaves, it's implied man is not adequate to cover himself. Man's work alone will not cover his shame. So stop going to the psychologist to cover your shame. He will not save you from your psychological issues. That's God's domain. Stop going to your lawyer to solve your problems with that. Now, he can help you with some things, but ultimately it's going to have to be God who covers you. Stop thinking your best is good enough. Isn't that what Esau did? He brought the best of the field. He didn't bring the worst. He didn't bring no shrubs. He didn't bring the raggedy apple. He probably brought the best apple he had. But that wasn't what God asked for. And there's another lesson in there, and this is this. Esau did not have what God required. So if he really wanted to serve the Lord, he would have had to get along with his brother. Exactly what he did not wish to do. He would have had to submit to his brother and say, you have what I lack. We can make a trade. Or I could just be in your debt. But I need what you have. And I don't have it. 
But you know, it had to be true that he also had what his brother didn't have. Because in those days, they really didn't eat animals like that. They ate of the plants. And so the question had to be asked, if your brother is humble enough to ask you for what he needs, how come you couldn't be humble enough to ask what you need? Isn't that part of the reason that people don't join the church? They don't want to trust in Jesus because they don't want to be humble enough to look at their brother who could be just as bad as them, who wake up with morning breath just like them, who need to take a shower just like them, who might have lint on his clothes just like them. Somebody know better than them. They might have to hear the words of God through that person. One of the most profound sections of scripture is Jesus spoke wonderful things and it said they were offended at him. They were offended because they didn't want to hear that from a man that they grew up with. All of the world is offended by Jesus because they all want to put Jesus in the domain as just a man. That's why they want to call it his holiday Easter. They want to celebrate something other than Jesus. But we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses, then he can also get on negotiation table with God and speak as an equal. This Jesus. This Jesus who was appointed by God. He says, you are my son. Today I have begotten you, and you are a priest forever. He's a priest forever. You know, one of the coolest things about revelations is the use of numbers. It can get people down a rabbit hole, I admit. But one of the coolest things about when you learn about the Holy of Holies is the Holy of Holies, when you look at the dimensions, is actually a cube. And when you look at heaven as it's described in Revelations chapter 21, the dimensions of it happen to be a cube. Why do you think they chose such a big cube so that we would know that we live in the Holy of Holies in the age to come? And who lives in the middle of that Holy of Holies? Why is God himself and the Lamb who bridges the gap between us and God? But then, I think the most important part of this passage is that we ought to have faith in this Jesus. He says, for we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast. There's an object of perseverance that must go on. Now, confession is something that you state from the heart, and it has to be true. You know, I remember Joshua was speaking to Achan. Achan had lied and lied and lied and lied and lied, and he finally said, give glory to God. He confessed his sins, and he was executed. But I note the fact that for Joshua, giving glory to God was to admit what God had said to be true. We have a culture that does not want to give glory to God because they don't want to confess what is to be true. It is hard for them to acknowledge a man is a man or a woman is a woman. It's hard to acknowledge that somebody who murdered needs to be punished. Somebody who steals needs to be punished. 
we have a hard time with these things. Everybody wants to act like the truth doesn't matter. It's funny to me, as I look through the stories and the news, every time that they come to a political issue, they never really ask what the truth is. They never ask what's right or wrong. They just always look at the political implications. They just jump right there. Which tells you right there the media has chosen a side. But the sad thing is, nobody cares about the truth no more. Did somebody tell me the truth about this? That's what I want to ask. Isn't that why I'm reading this article? I should be getting the truth. Why am I getting an opinion from you? Why are you pushing an agenda on me? Give the glory to God. We have Jesus. He says, hold fast your confession. This high priest can identify with you. This high priest can deal with your sins. And he says, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Obeying is an unpopular word. But it is absolutely required of those who have faith to obey. We must obey. Just like in my household, you know, I don't put up with disobedience from my children. If I tell them to do something, they must do it. God is no different, but God is more gracious than me and more patient than me. Because the moment my children defy me, I immediately act. Right? You know, but I think that's the way I should be. But that's God is more patient than me. And I think we take his patience for weakness. God says obey, and we's like, no, I'm not. No lightning struck, I'm good. But in doing that, we tempt God because when we incur judgment on ourselves and we finally have to face them, we're, it's going to be too late. So we need to hold fast our confession. We need to understand who Jesus is. We need to understand that he's the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. It's especially important in this what we call Holy Week. When we look back to the past and remember what Jesus went through for us, for me and you, the center point of all history, we thank God for that. All we can do is thank God because we know we're not worthy. We thank God. The ultimate truth should bring us down and say to ourselves, I'm thankful, God. I'm thankful. I don't deserve none of this. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful to you, God, for all you've done.